0: Would you turn please to Mark this morning? Mark the 11th chapter. We began last week, I guess, on a new series. Anybody remember it? And uh, we were excited about it. Do you remember that? Hmm. And this was our text. Mark 11:22. What does it say? Have faith in God, God, Jesus said. Let's pray before we read this further. Father, we're all here before you this morning, those in the room and those outside around the world, and we give you all the glory for every good thing we enjoy. We know you are a faith God, and without faith it is impossible to please you, and we ask you. Show us, reveal to us the faith of God, and lift us that we may come to a higher place and a stronger place, walking with you in faith. Let there be revelation and eyes that see and ears that hear, and we purpose not to be hearers only, but by your grace, we will be doers, and we know as we do, we will be blessed because you're so faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives in Jesus' name. Said out loud, I'm a doer, I'm a doer, I'm a doer of the word of God. Of the word of God. Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus said, Have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. Everybody say, shall not doubt. doubt. But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Who said that? You know, I've heard people, bless their hearts, actually make fun of uh, believing in your heart and saying with your mouth and having what you say. And they must have forgot who said it. Somebody said, well, y'all are just uh, Hagenites, or y'all are Coplinites, or... Well, this was in here a long time before there was a Brother Hagen or a Brother Coplin. Right? Who said it? Well, I reckon that'd make us Jesusites. And folks need to watch what they make fun of. And what they find fault with. This is the words of the Master. Amen. And uh, if you weren't here with us last week, we went into some detail looking in Matthew 21, where Jesus said, you know, talking about speaking to the mountain and being removed. And he said it like this: If you'd have faith and wouldn't doubt, you'd not only do what was done to the fig tree, but you'd say to the mountain, and he's telling them and us, you can do what I did, Jesus. Spoke to things and they obeyed. He spoke to spirits that were oppressing people and they left them and the people were delivered and whole. He spoke to fevers and diseases and they heard him and obeyed. He spoke to the wind and the waves and they obeyed. He spoke to a tree and it obeyed. And that's how he operated because that's how God operates. I mean, from the very beginning, God said, let there be light or light be. And what happened? He had what he said. Can you see this? See it back up to verse 22. Have faith in God. The margin there says have uh, the faith of God. One says the God kind of faith. Well, that's just like Genesis. God believes something in his heart. He said it with his mouth, like be, and he had what he said. Now, are we created in his likeness and image? Yes, did he tell us to operate this way? Yes, he did, right here. Let's read it again. Mark eleven twenty three. what did Jesus tell us? Verily I say to you, that whosoever, is this just a select few ministers? Huh? No, whosoever. Does that include you? Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sin. Let's just stop right there. Remind of who's he talking to? Who would you be talking to? Not God. You're not talking to God. You're not asking God to move the mountain. You're talking to the mountain, which is the problem. You're talking to it. And if you'll say that, and what else? What comes next? Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Sometimes people say, well, you honestly believe, you know, you can have whatever you say. Well, you have to qualify that. Is it possible to say something and not get it? Did he say you'd have everything you said? No, he didn't. What did he say? If you would say it, and what's next? And not doubt in your heart, but believe what you said would come to pass, right? So it's not just saying, it's believing what you say and expecting it to come to pass and not yielding to doubt. So the title of our series is without a doubt, without a doubt. Wonder if you'd be in better shape. Without a doubt. Huh? Yeah you would. What if you eliminated. And I eliminated. Doubt from our lives. You know what would happen? We would receive. Without delay. And without fail. I want to say that again. When we. Notice I didn't say if. When we eliminate doubt from our life, we receive without delay and without fail. What did he say would happen if you'd say it and wouldn't doubt but believe what you said? He said, you will have what you said. Did he say most of the time or sometimes? No, he said you'd have. That means without fail. And without getting into it, if you're not vacillating on again, off again, make some progress, lose some progress. If you just don't doubt and believe, then there's no unnecessary delay. How many of that sounds good to you? Without delay, without fail. Well, it's reality. If we and when we eliminate the doubt, somebody say without a doubt. Go to James 1, please. James 1. Let's remind ourselves of this. James 1, verse 5. If any of you. That sounds kind of like whosoever. If any of you lack wisdom, do what? Now let's notice a contrast here. Speaking to the mountain, you're not asking God for anything. The mountain is the problem. Mountain represents the big obstacle. God is not in the business of big obstacles. Contrary to some popular belief. But he is the giver of every good and every perfect gift. Wisdom is good and comes from him. So you can go to him and ask him for it. Notice what it says that qualifies it. If you lack wisdom, if any of you. Lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which gives to all men liberally. You know, that's, that's just him. He give you extra measure. Plenty. And upbraids not. He won't make fun of you. And it shall be given him. But, qualify here, let him ask how? In faith. What? Nothing, wavering or not wavering in any part of it, are no wavering. Now, if you study this, you'll find that there are times when the same word that's translated doubt is translated waver and vice versa. Doubting involves wavering. Wavering involves doubting. In fact, we said this, we'll repeat it, that the word doubt literally means... Double or two, to be of two minds. Well, what is wavering? Wavering is vacillating between two things. And when you're in faith, it's got to be one. You got to be single-visioned, single-minded. Is it his will? Is it not? Can't be in faith like that. Will he do it? Won't he? Will I be okay? Will I not be okay? Will my needs be met or will they not? You've got to get it settled. You can't be back and forth. You've got to get it settled. He goes on to say, He that wavers is like what? Well, that's where that word is. Wave. He that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable. Unstable in all his ways. There are a lot of unstable people around. Now think about this. The wave. Have you ever been out on the ocean in a big wave or even in the lake? There's a, you know, a big wave. What happens? Huh? You go up. Then. You don't stay up. What? You go down. Well, that's wavering. You meet somebody and they're up. They just come from church and they're pumped up. And yeah, it's coming in. I got my answer. You see them Tuesday and they're down. I just don't know. Y'all pray. Hmm? Will he or won't he? Is it or is it not? They're like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, maybe so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. That kind of person, what did he say? You won't receive anything. And that's doubting. Double-minded. See, what's the first few letters of doubt? D-O-U, just like double. Dewey, two. We've got to change the two to one. I don't know how many times I've had people say, yeah, Brother Keith, I've prayed and I know all those scriptures. I know the Bible said, by stripes I'm healed. But... And you know I've read that, and there is no but after that. <laughs> Have you? I know by his stripes I'm here, But and then here comes the big spill. Somebody turn there and help me with it. First Peter, you're close by. First Peter two. First Peter two twenty four. Two twenty four. This is the Bible. His own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. But, huh? but what about, how come, what if? No, what comes after heal? What does period mean in our English language? It's like a stop sign, Is it, right? Is it a stop sign? And see, we got too many folks running the stop sign. (laughs) Christians running the stop sign. They just run right through that. And that's why they have all these collisions and problems. You got to come, by his stripes, I am healed. (laughs) Yeah, but what about? I don't know what abouts. I got to stop right here. It's a period. Yeah, but what if? Can't be. I can't have two or three or four things it's got to be one it can't be double I got to be one by stripes I'm healed period that's it let's look at another one Philippians 4 let's see what's at the end of this one Philippians 4 19 419 but my God Shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If sometimes, but what about not? Period. Stop. Nothing about the changing economy or political situation. Nothing about the health of your company you work for or government benefits. Or people that like you. Or if your parents will help you. Nothing. nothing, No that's in there. It's just my God shall supply all my needs. According to his abilities and riches. and glory by Christ Jesus. We got to find the brakes on this thing. And stop where he stops. Can you say amen? Amen. Now uh, go with me if you would. To uh, Well, just stay right where you are. In Philippians. Back up a few verses. Verse 6. Philippians 4, 6. He said, verse 6, what? Be careful for nothing. Careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer. And supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen to other translations on this. One says do not fret. Or have any anxiety about anything. NIV says do not be anxious about anything. The New Living says, don't worry about anything. Did he say, try not to? (laughs) Hmm? Did he say, do your best? What did he say? Don't worry. Now, this is huge in talking about faith. If you're going to talk about not doubting, you've got to talk about not worrying. Because if you're worrying, if you're yielding to worry and entertaining worry, you're doubting. Did you hear me? The uh, word care here, you'll find we're going to look at it in some other places. But let me give you the definition of it. Be careful. or In other words, be full of care. About what? Now I know a lot of you already know this verse. But it's not what you know. It's what you do. Read that first part with me again. How does it start? Say it again. One more time. So what is it okay to worry about? What does nothing mean? Huh? What about your money? What about your future? What about your health? What about your kids? Your grandkids? Your marriage? Huh? But you know, sometimes. Sometimes you can't help it. You know, when certain things happen in your life. Well, you got what you have experienced, and you got what you feel, and what people say and think, and then you got this. And you have to decide which one you're going to believe. So here's the big question Is there, could there ever be a situation where you could not help but worry? That's not everybody. Could there be a situation? Where it's just too big, it's too overwhelming, you can't help it. If it was, then the Lord should have noted it. Shouldn't he? He shouldn't have just said, don't have any anxiety about anything. He should have qualified it if there are times when you can't help it. He should have said, you know, except, of course, those times when it's just some of your modern translations will even add words in and say, try not to worry. He didn't say that. Amen. Amen. To say try not to would imply that he didn't know whether you could or not. He knew. Amen. Right. That's right. Amen. And he just said, don't do it. It is a command, isn't it? And it is one of the most frequently broken commands in the New Testament. And one of the biggest problems is so many Christians, they just worry half the time and get aggravated if anybody says anything about it. Don't even see the scripture or respect it. This is not an isolated verse. Are there more than one place in the scriptures? More than one place in the New Testament where we are told in no uncertain terms not to worry. Then what should we be doing? We should have no worries. As they say down under. Right? Somebody say that out loud. No worries. No worries. How many? None. No, worries. no worries. Say it again. No worries. No worries. No worries. No worry. How many? None. No worries. None. What if you went day in, day out with no worries? Is it possible? It's not only possible, it's a command. Y'all going to help me with this today. I'm telling you, there is freedom here this morning in the word of God. There is victory. And this is an area where people have been falling and tripping and failing in their faith walk. And it's a hindrance to God. You get to worrying about something, you're in doubt. And it's not going to work. You get to wavering about it. And he told us, he said, You won't receive anything. Didn't he? Can we do something about it? Can we keep from it? Is there power in God and grace and strength? Yeah, a lot of it has to do with getting our mind renewed and training ourselves. Because so many times, uh, you know, our grandparents worried all the time, and our parents did, and they trained us too. And if you don't watch out, you'll train your kids to. Not by what you say, but what you do. And it's got to be radical changes in our lifestyle. And, you know, to start with, we just have to get on a crusade about this in our own life that we are not going to tolerate worry in us. That the moment you see it in yourself, you're going to jump on it with both feet and you're going to say, no, we don't. No, we don't. We don't worry about anything ever. No, we don't. Or you can pine and whine and cry and feel sorry for yourself and say, I can't help it. I'm trying, Brother Keith, but I just can't help it. Well, I'm not the one that wrote this. (laughs) It applies to me just like it does to you. Read it to me again. Be careful for nothing. Amplified says, do not fret. You say, try not to. No, just don't. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Look at your neighbor and says, don't fret about anything. Tell somebody else, don't worry, don't worry. At, all. at all. Now here's the script: Don't try, just don't do it. Don't do it. Now we walk by faith, not by sight, and not by past experiences. So let's go ahead and make us a good faith confession right now. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Say out loud: I don't, worry. I don't worry. I never worry. I don't About anything. anything. At all. all. Ever. Ever. I don't. If you don't worry, then you are always without a care. You're always carefree. Now this takes serious walking by faith. But it is possible and it is the life of victory. Go with me. Over to Matthew. Back up to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Let me remind you of the words of the master. I'm going to read them to myself and to you. Matthew 6. While you turn there, say it again. I don't worry worry about anything anything. ever. Ever. I just don't. don't. I don't. don't. (laughs) Now, it would do you well to say that another thousand times over the next month. Just every time you think about it, just open your mouth and say it out loud. I don't care if you've just been worrying about something. That's especially the time you ought to jump up and go, No, quit it. I don't worry. I don't worry about anything. Ever. What can you do instead? Well, we're getting to that. But Matthew 6, let's remind ourselves. Matthew 6, verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. Now that has to do with what you look at. Now not just looking physically. But what you look at, what you keep on your mind. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is what? Single. Single. On one thing. See, we live in the media age. The devil has always been the offerer of other choices. Huh? He is the inventor of the alternate lifestyle. From serving God. And from everything else. I mean, in the garden, there shouldn't have been a choice to Adam and Eve. But he said, hey, look at this. This is great. This is an alternative you need to pursue and check out. And people actually pride themselves in being complicated and complex. They pride themselves in their ability to multitask and have 45 things on my mind at the same time. You're kidding yourself. You cannot do five things at the same time well. Nobody can. You ever heard the phrase, jack of all trades? Master of none? But I've had people look at me and go, well, Brother Keith, I'm a complex person. Well, what they just get through telling me? They just got through telling me they are an unstable person. They're always considering everything else. I know uh, some years ago, a friend of mine was going to a seminary, very different place than where I was going, and he was getting some things I wasn't getting in my courses, and I wanted to find out about him. So I asked him, I said, what do you believe about this particular thing? He said, well, in our course, such and such, Dr. So-and-so uh, stated such and such and such and such. I thought, okay. He said, but other doctor so-and-so stated other such-and-such. And And he said, but also third doctor so-and-so, he stated such-and-such position. And then also, and I mean, you know, this thing's all over the place. I said, okay, what do you believe? Back to the first question. He said, well, I see some merit in first doctor so-and-so's Position, But I also see, and I'm thinking while he's talking, I hope you don't have to stand on that anytime soon because you don't have a clue what you believe. See, people have thought because I'm aware of all these different positions, it makes me something. All it makes you is confused. You got to decide what you believe. Did you hear me? And that should be what this book says. And forget about the rest. Oh, that's why you're going to be unstable and you're not, you're going to be doubting and wavering and worrying. You got to narrow it down to the single. I've heard people say, well, y'all are just narrow, narrow. Yeah. And saved. The Bible says straight is the way and narrow. There is a broad way. Goes to destruction. And there's a whole bunch of people on it. Well, I just believe there are many ways to salvation. Well, you believe wrong. There's one way. Jesus is the only way. What about all these other religions? One way. You can't believe it all. The Bible said Jesus said there's only one way to the Father, and that's through him. Now, if you're a Christian, you believe that. If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. I don't care where you go to church. Amen. Amen. One, way. one way. Somebody say one way. one way. No, just one way. Single. Is it God's will to heal or not? Yes. If you're still debating about it and reading books and discussing it and kicking it around, well, you can't have faith to be healed. Impossible. You've got to get settled. Is it or is it not? I'm glad I'm settled on it. Is it God's will for you to prosper? Yes. Or not? Yes. Or maybe in between? No. Or sometimes and nobody knows? No. No. Is it or not? Yes. You've got to get settled. Settled. Yes. Don't let somebody else, you know, be settled for you. You can't. Get it for yourself. Amen. Don't take what anybody says, me included, and just swallow it and that's it. No. How many remember Jesus out in the wilderness? Tempted of the enemy. Did you notice what he didn't say? When he's tempted and the enemy comes even quoting him scripture. He didn't say, well, now this is what we believe down at the synagogue. (laughs) He didn't say, well, this is what Rabbi so-and-so preaches. What did he say? It It is is written. written. He knew it for himself. He wasn't confused about it. You got to know. No think so. No. Matthew 6, are you there? Skip on down, verse 25. Now, I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living. I like the way it's worded. Matthew six twenty-five. Jesus is talking, right? He said, so I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or clothes, doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest to put food in barns because your heavenly father feeds them. And you're far more valuable to him than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I know that may be a little bit different from King James, but if you look it up, most of the other translations have it that way. It's about adding even a few moments to your life. Did you hear that now? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life, then why do it? Has any mother worried their child well? Has any daddy ever worried the account full of money? Then why do people do it? Have you ever worried a wayward child or grandchild or relative back to the Lord? Has it ever happened? Can you do it? Can you worry intensely enough that something happens supernaturally and people get delivered and healed? Say it out loud. Worry Worry doesn't doesn't work. work. So why do it? Now, a lot of times people would say, I can't help it. What do we know? Not true. That's not true. Jesus would have known if we couldn't help it. And he wouldn't have told us to do it without exception. Don't worry. So why do we do it? Why would anybody do it? Or maybe it's a better thing. Why are millions doing it? Did you know not only does worry not work. Worry makes it worse. Yes. Much worse. And the more you worry, the worse it makes it. Yeah. Everybody say those two things out loud with me. Worry doesn't work. Worry doesn't work. Say it again. Worry work. Close your eyes and say it. Worry, worry doesn't, doesn't work. What does worry do? Worry, worry makes it worse. Say it again. Worry makes it worse. That's why the Lord told us don't do it. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Me, you, let's say me worrying about the church. Could it benefit you? What if I worry and stay up nights and worry About the finances of this church or about the children's facility or or the youth. Where are we going to get it? Where is it going to come from? How is it going to work? Did you know that our society views that as noble? He's a fine man. He really takes his job seriously. He worries about it all the time. Well, he's a doubter. And a Bible disobeyer, I don't think that makes a good preacher. A Bible ignorer. <laughs> Doubting didn't make you a good preacher or a good believer or a good Christian. Can you feel how much tradition there is around this? I mean, people are attached to their worry. They're like, you're talking about my worry. That's my worry. We've been hooked up a long time. I know it. Do you want to be separated from it? Do you want to be without a doubt? Do you want to be without a worry? You gotta get serious about it. And if you've been doing something the same way all your life, it's gonna take some change. It's gonna take something radical. Turn you around. That's why you'll just slip right back into the way you've always done it. Say it again, I don't worry. About anything. anything. Ever. ever. I, just don't worry. I just don't worry. That's a good first start. Just saying that. And keep on saying it. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And why worry about your clothes? You ever worried any new clothes into the closet? Huh? No, and you never will. I tell you what you will do is make everything worse. By worry. Look at the lilies, he said, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes. Verse 31, so don't worry. He keeps saying it. Who's talking here? Jesus. Don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothes. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Now let's just stop right here. There are a lot of Christians who actually act holier than thou about somebody smoking a cigarette or drinking a beer or using a cuss word. You want to know what's really worldly? Worry. Amen. I'm serious. People get hung up and make a big deal out of some of these things. A lot of it just amounts to physical habits. This is spiritual. This is core. Thank you, Lord. Did you hear me now? We got no business with it. Worry is spiritual contraband. You get pulled over by the Holy Ghost and He catches you with worry. You're in trouble. You're not going to receive anything. Do not pass go. Do not collect hundred dollars. Go straight to jail. Get nothing. Uh oh. Ten pounds of worry right here in the back seat. Yeah. Oh. Uh. And what are you going to say as a believer? It's not mine. I don't know where that worry came from. It's not mine. Now he done going to line. And we found some lies in there too. Oh no. They don't receive anything. Worry, spiritual contraband. So don't worry. Jesus says it again. This is the, the second time. He said, Don't be like the pagans. Who are so deeply concerned about these things? I mean, it's understandable that unsaved people worry. That don't know God and don't have faith. But it is not understandable that you and I worry just like they do. That's not understandable to the Lord. Your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And He'll give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the Kingdom of God your primary concern. Verse 34, so don't worry. That's the third time Jesus said it. Did he say try not to? Did he say do your best? What did Jesus say? Don't worry. worry. Now if you had any doubt about it before this morning, that's over. You know the Lord told you and me not to do it. Think about it. It's so much more fun not worrying. Worry is no fun. Worry makes it worse. He said don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Deal with today. God will be there tomorrow. Don't borrow on tomorrow's issues. Say it out loud again. Don't worry. Don't worry. worry. What's the rest of that little song? Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. No worries. Now, uh, skip on down to the 13th chapter. And the further you go, the more serious this gets. Matthew 13. Are we faith people? Then we're not worriers. You can't be both. Worry is unchristian, unfaith, ungodlike. In fact, how many remember Romans fourteen twenty three said, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Like I said, the further you go, the worse you see that it actually is. But it is commonly accepted in traditional and religious circles. You hear Christians talking. About things, so and so. Did you know that their mama's laying up in the hospital over there? And I just got through talking to him, and he's not even worried about it. Sorry, rascal. And you don't worry about your kids. You're a bad parent. You don't worry about your bills. You're irresponsible. Paying your bills. And worrying about your bills are two completely different things. Amen. Well, if, brother Keith, if you got bills and they're past due and the creditors are calling, I'm sorry, but you just you can't help it. Tell Jesus that. I don't think you'll get very far. Amen. He just looked at us in the Word and said, we read it three times right there. In that. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry, Philippians, don't you have any anxiety about anything. Don't do it. It's a command. Don't do it. So say it again. I don't worry. I don't worry. Ever. Ever. About anything. About anything. I, don't worry. I don't worry. The Lord's not trying to take something away from us that's good. He's endeavoring to help us. Matthew 13, are you there? Matthew 13 and 22. Well, verse 20. He that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it. Yet he has no root in himself, but dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution rises because of the word, by and by he's offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns... Is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Now we've been talking about covetousness on Friday night. They do what? Choke the word word and he becomes unfruitful. Choke what? Choke what word we're talking about here? The word of God? Surely there's nothing could choke the word. You know you'd barely believe it. If you hadn't read it. Jesus saying it. That there was something that could choke the word out of your life. The cares. Somebody say cares. Cares of this world. Let me read this to you from another translation. It says. The one who receives seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke it and make it unfruitful. Another one says the worries about this life and the love for riches choke the message and they don't bear fruit. Oh friend, do we believe this? Is it possible that something left unchecked by us could actually choke the life-giving, life-changing Word of God out of our life so that it bears no fruit in us and in our life. Can worry do that? Oh, it's doing it every day. You can be in church. You can be listening to tapes. You can be reading the Bible yourself and get a Word that excites you and pumps you and brings life to you. And it's beginning to put root down and begin to spring up. And then you can go and yield to worry. And one translation says it suffocates it. It suffocates it. That word that God put in you that's trying to grow and trying to produce victory in your life. That worry will smother it. And it doesn't. Produce. What does that mean? You don't get your answers. You don't get your miracle. You don't get your victory because you worry instead. This is serious. I said, this is serious. I mean, it almost baffles your mind that something could choke the word. Because we're talking about the word of God. That heaven and earth will pass away. But this word endures Forever. Now your worry can't choke the word in my life or vice versa, but it can choke and suffocate and render unfruitful and of no effect good word that God has put into you if you worry. Because see, you can't do both. You can't believe God about that situation and worry about it. You can't. We have set out to be without a doubt. We have embarked upon this path, right? And now we come face to face with the command of the Lord Jesus that worry is forbidden. Just like lying, just like stealing. Did you hear me? Worry is forbidden. Worry Is sin. Worry chokes out the word. Man, without the word, you and I are a weak mass of quivering flesh waiting to fall. (laughs) No, that I ever said that just quite like that. But it's true. When you say without the word, you just got through saying without Jesus. He is the word. I don't know if we understand just how. What a strong statement. this! I mean, I wouldn't believe it if Jesus hadn't said it. But basically he's telling me worry can choke him out of my life. Lord. Then I despise worry. It's all right to hate worry. Oh, are you supposed to hate? Yeah, just not people. You're supposed to hate sin, not sinners. You're supposed to hate sickness, not sick people. You're supposed to hate poverty, not poor people. And you ought to hate, you ought to despise worry. And if you catch some of it in you, man, you don't take it sitting down. You jump up on your feet. You go, no, oh, no, no, we don't worry in this house. No, we don't. We don't worry in this car. We don't worry in this chair. We don't. Lord, forgive me. I cast those thoughts down and I cast every care on you. And I refuse. I refuse to worry. Because the word's not going to get choked out of me. The word is going to put roots down deep. And it's going to spring up. And it's going to come first the ear and the blade. And the full corn in the ear. And it's going to bring forth 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And the word is going to overcome everything in my life that's wrong. Can you say amen? And I will not choke it with ungodly worry. Can you say amen? Amen. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Go to Mark 4 while we're here. Mark 4. Notice something in the nature of it. You'll recognize it immediately. Mark 4, verse 37 Mark 4:37 There arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full and it's time to worry. When you're out on the sea and you're caught in a hurricane and your boat is full of water and you can't see land and it's night it's time to worry. Hmm? I'm sure Jesus would understand. Because this is a tough situation. Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, worrying. Because, I mean, this is bad. Scared. Listen, you can't imagine him being scared or worried. Don't you know he's in you? He's in you. You're in him. He was asleep on a pillow. I reckon he's wet. The boat's full of water. And he's just snoozing away. Why? He doesn't worry ever about anything. You want to be like Jesus? Who wants to be like Jesus? Then you can't worry about anything. Ever. Because he didn't. Now notice. They came. And they woke him up. And What would they say? Oh get this. What they say? Out, no. Master. <laughs> don't you care? Now let's just drop right there. Are they caring? Yeah. Do they have some care? Are they taking worried anxious care? Yeah. And now what do they want him to do? <laughs> Worriers. Want you to worry with them. Yeah, right. Oh they do. And they'll get put out. Man they'll get aggravated with you. For not worrying with them. Right. And they want to make it. A you don't care about me. Issue. Unless you take worried care with me. You worrying with me. Proves to me. You love me. That is perverted. Yeah. Distorted. Distorted ungodly did you hear me they said they woke him up he's asleep on the pillow and they're rocking him they're going wake up Jesus wake up wake up he says what they said don't you care we're all drowning out here and you don't you don't care and he got up and said boys I'm sorry I do I do I care Oh, it's bad, isn't it? Who? Why didn't y'all wake me up earlier? Let this thing get out of hand. You can't imagine Jesus jumping up and going, oh, my Lord. Boys, what did y'all do? Then why would you do it? And be unlike Jesus. Isn't he our example? Isn't he our master and our Lord? We aspire to be just like him in every way, every shape and form. Right? He never worries. So to be like him, you have to be the same and never worry. They said, don't you care? He got up, didn't say a thing to them, rebuked the wind. And spoke to the sea. So the wind. He rebuked it. He said quit it. You stop that. Stop it. Today we'd say in Jesus name. Amen. Then he said. To the waves that had been bothered by the wind. He said. Shh. Shh. Peace. You be still. Now see people have taken this. And things like this. And they said. And he, he calmed the storm. He stopped the wind and he calmed the waves. Why? He's Jesus. He's God. Well, that's all true, but it leaves a wrong impression. It leaves the impression he did it with powers as God. And that's not true. The Bible said he emptied himself and laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. And he's the one that told us if you believe on me, you'll do what I do. And even greater things than these you'll do. Because I'm going to the Father. He said, You'd not only do this, which was done to the fig tree, but you could speak to that mountain. So he speaks to it and it calms. Now, this is what you do instead of worrying. Oh, can you say, what a difference. This is what you do instead of worrying. You can sit there and worry and get upset and get afraid. Or you can stand up and do something about it. Speak to it and command it to change and expect it to happen. What a difference. Then he looks at them. What does he say? Boys, I don't know why y'all didn't believe I cared about you. You know I care about you. I love y'all with all my heart. Y'all feeling better now? <laughs> the wind has calmed down. Y'all okay? I, don't, I, I wish you, you should have woke me up earlier. Uh-uh. No. What did he do? He turns around looks at him, And says, why are you so full of fear? You know, the Lord said to me some years ago, I had never thought about that. He said, if I'd lived in your day, he said, some people would have accused me of verbal abuse. I thought, huh? <laughs> Do you remember some of the things he said? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Some strong things. You now when Peter walked on the water, the same thing. And such a we won't take time to get into, but it's such a perfect example of what we're talking about. Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water, and he's looking at Jesus, obviously, and then what happened? He began to look at something else, yeah. right? Yes. Duo. Two, vacillating, well, there's Jesus and I'm walking, but whoo, look at that, whoo, that's a big one there. Yeah. How big? what that is, 25 foot away? Whoo, <laughs> I think that's going to get me, No, where's Jesus? <laughs> you can't do both. No. You got to pick one and ignore all the rest. Yeah, right. So he began to sink, cried out for help. Jesus got him, pulled him up in the boat. And what did he say to him? Why did you doubt? Why did you duo? Why did you vacillate between two things? You see, a lot of people, we hear that, and of course, we give Jesus a lot of latitude. Because he's Jesus. But if that would have been somebody else, they might have been at their therapist the next day going, I've had it. I've just had it. I mean, I'm always there for him. I left everything to follow him. I mean, we're there early and we're there late. Always whatever he wants. Always, always, always. And did you see anybody else get out of the boat? I don't think so. I was the, I'm the only man beside Jesus himself ever walked on the boat. Did you see me? I was walking on the H2O, brother. Did you see me? And does he say, Good job, Peter? Does he say, You and me, the only ones to walk? Up. No, he just says, Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Why'd you doubt? We gotta grow up. Not be so thin skinned and easily offended and hurt and miffed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he looked at them and said, why didn't you believe? Why would you doubt? He's going to do the very same thing with you and me today. If you'll be honest and you come before him and really have an ear to hear, there'll be times he look at you and go, what are you worrying about? I forbid you to worry. Amen. Ain't no need you sniffling around going, well, I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> Just get up and be a man, be a woman, and believe God. Can you say amen? amen. He looked at him. He said, why are you so full of fear? Now, a lot of people might have thought they had an answer. He said, why are you so full of fear? They could have said, uh, duh, storm? <laughs> Boat full of water, sinking in the middle of the night? <laughs> Drowning imminent? <laughs> to Jesus, none of that is Relative. You might say, Gotta have $20,000 by tomorrow afternoon. To him, that is no excuse at all for worry. Amen. My relatives in the hospital diagnosed terminal. To him, that is absolutely no excuse for worry. It is unacceptable to him. Now, I know some people don't like that. But you got to come back to this right here. Is this just me carrying on? Or is this what he said? Is this him? Is this how he thinks what he knows is right? And is it the best way? Is it the only way to get results? Oh, don't misunderstand me. You'll be tempted to fear. You'll be tempted to doubt. You'll be tempted to worry. It'll come on you. Did you hear me? It'll come on you. But what do you do? Cast it off. Throw it off. Throw every care and fear. Throw it off and give him all the cares. Give it to him. I said, give it to him. So I said, How can I keep from worrying about it? Well, it would be just like me and you. Just like me and Rick here. Let's say Rick had a financial situation that was bugging him. And he and I talked about it. And I said, Rick, let me take care of it. I'm going to take care of it, brother. So forget about it. You go home and get your nap. I got this. Can he go home and take a nap and rejoice? Can he? If he believes I can do what I said I would do and I will do what I said, if he believes that, then he can breathe a sigh of relief. Before he ever sees or feels anything, he can go, all right, I know Brother Keith wouldn't have told me that unless he's going to do it. And he can Stop worrying and fearing because he's confident somebody's got it that's going to do it and take care of it. Thank you, Lord. Do you see this? This is how you keep from worrying. Go to first Peter. I'm closing with this. First Peter says this. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. First Peter five. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's over all worry and fear and doubt. Somebody say without a doubt. Without a doubt. First Peter 5, 7. Casting all you can. Huh? Do your best. A-L-L means all. Nothing left out. Casting all your care upon Him. Where? On On Him. Why? Because He cares about you. Oh, these are wonderful words. Listen to the Amplified. Casting the whole of your care. All your anxieties. All your worries all your concerns once and for all on him for he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully could I rest could I really rest and not worry in the midst of a terrible situation could I do it how could I do it I've given it to him not just in word, but I actually have. I've given it to somebody that can do something about it. And if I really believe that he can and he will, I can quit worrying. Amen. Oh, can you say amen? amen? Oh, thank you, Master. Listen to the living. He says, let him have all your worries and cares. For he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Can you see him? Can you close your eyes? And can you see him? He's here right now. He's ready. Oh, his great, big, strong hands and arms. He's been waiting on you. Just give it to me. Give it to me. I'll do it. I'll take care of it for you. Give it to me. Long as you've got it, I can't fix it. Long as you're worrying about it, you got it. I don't have it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. He said, give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares about what happens to you. Thank you, Lord. Stand up on your feet, please. Begin to give glory to God. We don't have to wait another moment. We don't have to come back and work on this series for another several weeks You can leave all your cares with Him and walk out of these back doors with no worries. It can happen right now. Watching by internet, watching by TV, it's supposed to happen right now. Close your eyes. Everybody said out loud, Father God, forgive me for doubting Being afraid. Worrying. I know. That with a God like you. There is no excuse. For me worrying. Being afraid. So I obey your word. I believe you. I belong to you. I trust you. I am in your mighty hand. And I cast. I cast. I throw. I throw, I throw, off. I throw off. Every worry. Every, worry. Every, fear. Every fear. I throw it off of me. Off me. Here. Here. You fix it. You fix it. Here. Here. You take care of it. You care of it. Here. Here. You, have it. you have it. I don't. I don't. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,